Hello, my fellow truth seekers. Welcome back to Wormwood, a serialized mystery. I'm David Acampo, and I'm bringing you part three of our Wormwood Portraits post-mortem discussions. This is the second half of our writer's discussion. You heard the first half last week. This week, we answer your listener questions. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. Before we do, the one thing I want to mention this time is that we've gotten some great feedback on Facebook and in the Wormwood forum, and... It seems that you'd like to have an actor's discussion show as well. So, ask and ye shall receive. We're going to do that. So, use the Facebook page uh, or the forum to ask your questions of the actors. And we are going to get some of the actors on the horn, do a little Skype chat, and bring you that discussion. So, there you have it. Once we get some questions and we schedule a time with the actors, we'll record that and bring it to you very soon. All right, I think that's all we've got this time. If there's anything else you'd like to see us do, please send us a message. We do listen. All right, here we go. Let's get right into the Wormwood Writers Discussion Q&A portion. All right, so let's go ahead and does anybody have anything else they want to say about portraits or should we get right down to the listener questions? Um, no, let's get the listeners' questions. All I right. think... Uh, I think there's some good questions in there. All right. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. Tiffany says, listener questions. All right. So like I'm gonna, for sure. <laughs> like totally. <laughs> so I'm going to start with the listener questions from the forum because those were posted first. We had some great questions from, um, Mr., from, uh, from the people in the forum. The first one is from Mr. Graves. Uh, the first question, oh, well, he says, let's see. First off, David and crew, excellent job. I really enjoyed portraits, even for a few characters I didn't expect I would. Then he says, the writing style for these really seem to push the limits of what audio radio dramas have typically done. For instance, the use of flashbacks, rapidly shifting back and forth between time frames, as well as the lover's tale, which has the baffling start of sounding like a flashback, but involving characters who didn't know each other previous to the first episode. Was this the work of the staff growing more comfortable in working with the series, or more of an experiment, given that these would be a series of self-contained tales, or a natural progression in working with an individual character's narrative? It's a great question, Mr. Graves, and um, I think the answer is probably all of the above. And a little bit of of each. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it definitely, I mean, so, so yes, it was a bit of an experiment. As we mentioned, you know, the Jimmy Details episode came from me looking at two different sources and going, I want to change this kind of story I'm telling. I want to do Jimmy Details, the e-true Hollywood story, you know? And uh, and so that was that was kind of definitely an experimental thing. Um, it's fun too to find ways to take an audio show and 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 keep doing creative ways of telling an episode. You, you don't want to. I mean, we've never really done this thing where people just kind of walk into a room, stand and talk, cut, walk into another room, stand and talk. I mean, we're, we get pretty elaborate with some of these storytelling techniques. Uh, right. Yeah. Jimmy, Jimmy, and Hollywood you know, alone, we've never done anything like that. Well, we well um, we started with, flashbacks back in season one with uh, we had fla- we had extensive uh, flashbacks in season one. Yeah, absolutely. We had we had we had exten- we had an we had a we had an episode with extensive flashbacks that yeah. was an hour long at first written. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we, we had that a big a flashback good. episode. We we had a dream sequence. We had um, we had a lot of stuff in season one actually. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tiffany would like to add to the conversation. She says, um, like, I also think that it's, we don't feel like we have limits, you know? Um, there are obvious limitations in work to working in audio only, but, like, we have certain things we want to accomplish, though. So the necessity of what we want to do is to help us to create a way – I'm not even sure what she's saying. So the necessity <laughs> of what we want to do helps us create a – oh, okay. The necessity of what we want – I shouldn't do voices <laughs> – can't switch so, now. People she's saying will be the, the necessity, because we have limitations in audio, the necessity of what we want to do helps us find a way, find new ways to tell it, which really goes to, you know, we knew that we had to tell these character stories. We needed to find a new way to do it, um, even if these aren't traditional ways that uh, of doing it in old-time radio, as she just mentioned to me. Um, you know, it, it, it allows us to keep thinking and keep doing new things. So that's definitely part of the flashback. And also just growing comfortable and working with the, the series. Um, you know, we really built up this foundation and we 
knew these characters so well. We we knew these backstories, you know, with the exception of the surprises like Jonesy. But you know, it, it was kind of it was kind of like we knew we had a story to tell with um with with Cedric and his daughter. We knew we had a story to tell with Don Marino that we were waiting to tell. You know, so this this was just you know a natural extension of the series. Like let's actually focus on each of these individually and give them the time that they need. Um, so well, and I also I also think that we're we're taught not to tell a story but to but to to write a script to to show to have the actor show the story but when it comes to audio it's it's almost impossible for us to show someone pulling a gun mm-hmm. instead we have to you know you know have some sort of way to describe to the audience that that character A has pulled a gun on character B mm-hmm. and and we tried to do it in such a way where it didn't sound Oh my God! Jim has a gun on me. Yeah. Well, that I think that's the overarching thing throughout the series is how how do you tell it in with within the limitations of audio? And I think that's something that that uh, anyone who's done audio dramas like this, ha, you know, has ex- tried to figure out and try to deal with it in different ways. And uh, yeah, one overall, thing, I'm very proud of the way that we've done it. Um, you know, as we've gone along. One thing we do now that we didn't do so much in the first season is now if we want to do some sort of um, some sort of action, we don't just throw a bunch of sound effects into the mix and just make a bunch of noise and then have have the actors just kind of ooh and ah and then it's done now we actually we're very clear now, yeah. now much more so than what we used to be with with what's happening and and, yeah. and it's simpler and sometimes sometimes a simple simple approach gets across so much more than just this cacophony of noise that we used to do yeah, yeah. Well, I, also, I was really I, bad about that honestly before <laughs> I, I think we i think we complicated things a little bit during season one just because we didn't know we could go simpler yeah, with yeah. with yeah. our with our explanations of scenes or what was happening with characters. I, I mean, for me, I mean that was the case. So now with with, um, with um, the Brezzi episode, I did write a little line when when the body falls out the window, uh, the, the little niece falls out the window, the the pulley system breaks open, and all that. I, I did have him say, "Oh no, don't fall out! You just fell out the window," or something along those lines, yeah. because I didn't know how to do that with just sound effects yeah. to get that point across. But for the most part, we don't just flat out say, you know. Yeah, we, we always try to tell a story in a way that we can do. I, I definitely, something that I'm relying more on is, is storytelling. In other words, uh, you know, with Jonesy's story in specific, there's a lot of Peter Dirksen just tell, uh, as Jonesy, just telling the story. And then I'm, you know, laying in some sound effects and things like that here and there. But, you know, and then and then going into the flashback. So uh, that's something that I think is, is very effective. And that goes right back to the old time radio days. But, um, you know, it, it never gets old. So I'm kind of playing with that it allows us to flex different muscles but it can't it can't feel too dry so i think i found a, a happy medium with that you know where we go into the flashback tales and i gotta have viking battles and things like that you know um i mean i still approach it all kind of like a movie really i mean they, they might all be short films but i mean they're, they're all you know they're all kind of done the same way from the from the scripts to the edit where you're establishing the tone and you're you're, you're really laying all the stuff together to to establish, you know, mood, atmosphere, um, you know, scene. All yeah, that but kind it's of stuff. easier. It, that stuff is easier to establish in a visual medium as opposed to not a medium. Yeah, but that's, that's kind of how I view it when, when when I'm approaching the project. Each, right. Each time then, I sit then you down, find it, a way to make it work in audio, yeah. and, and maybe it, that changes your story. Exactly. But your initial concept is still thinking of it like a film, and then and then you know you kind of have to develop it from there. Exactly. So. Yeah. Um, okay. So let's move on. His next question we actually kind of already answered. It's was Jonesy always intended to have been this character, or was it just an opportune time and way to weave him deeper into the narrative? Same goes for all the characters, actually. Um, yeah, de- I answered that one pr- pretty in depth already. It was that 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 was something that just came along, and, and it worked very well to to uh, explain a lot of things. But it also it just it just stemmed from that visual of you know what's a character we want to do a portrait of. You know what, what happens if Jonesy does this. You know, and I just had that image of him busting out of the woods with a sword and going like that. No one's going to see that coming. That's just so bizarre. And the, but, but it all worked. It tied to elements that had already been created in the series Bible but that we had never revealed. So, so that's for that one. For any of the other characters, um, I don't think so. You guys can answer that too. But I don't think there were any characters that weren't already woven we into had, the narrative as we wanted I, them. We had, we had pretty much gone over every character that we were going to do something with. Mm-hmm. And then we had the eight characters that we did portraits for. We knew that it was necessary for Bishop Grail. He needed some exposure. Same with Commander right. McQueen. These are characters yeah. that didn't have a lot of exposure. Um, they were pretty yeah. integral to to the main plot, but we couldn't 
you know, we we wanted a different way to to introduce their story. Yeah, yeah, and while, so while while also obliquely moving the plot along. Exactly, no? <laughs> exactly. No, no, no. You're you're absolutely right. Um, uh, Tiffany also notes that Jimmy was actually a smaller role early on, and he's become bigger as the seasons have gone on, and that that really is true. It just that's one of those characters that we latched onto, and and it's just become one of the favorites. And so it was it was. That he's probably the the closest to a main character that's in the portraits, uh, aside from you know Crow and, and, Crow and Sparrow having big, you know roles. But even though they don't have a, a episode specifically dedicated to them, it's usually through the lens of some other character. But you know, I mean, so so it was important for me to do Jimmy's story and kind of do something really fun. You know what? You know, I, honestly, that's just we love we love Jimmy. You know, we love having fun with Jimmy. Um, okay, so his next question is, was the intention to keep the main narrative on hold for the most part? Uh, I think we kind of already answered that. The answer is yes, we wanted to set it up in certain ways, but we really wanted to dive into these characters so that we could really establish them for you guys, uh, you know, so that they're already and primed for the final, the final stories. Um, and then, uh, were there any characters that you wanted to get to, but for whatever reason, lack of story, actor availability, lack of time, that you couldn't get to? Um, do you guys? I don't remember. Um, I, you know, one. I mean, one of the things that I wanted to do was to play with the um, the family relationship between Chip and uh, Wayne. But I, I, that that was for my own for my own sake, to be honest with you. Right, right. So I, you know, I, I didn't, I don't have a, I didn't, I didn't have a story for them. I, I, I couldn't figure it out if 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 I could do it within the last the the last episodes or so yeah kind of <laughs> I guess I can say <laughs> I mean, I think I think all of the writers have certain characters that we love to write for that um that kind of have spoken to us throughout throughout the entire process I mean I love writing for uh for Tom Bradley yeah there, yeah. there's just I, 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 I picture him as the pragmatic Texas lawman, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know he's got he's got three or four days worth of growth on his face, face, his son, his face is is sunbeaten and weathered, you know, but he's the good old boy living in a Northern California town, so you know. <laughs> Tiffany says Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> exactly, but less Chuck Norris, because there there can only be one Chuck Norris. But but does but does he have the mustache? I mean, that's important. I yeah, I don't think we've ever actually. Uh, that's uh, part of the, that's part of the theater of the mind. You tell yeah. us, you tell us, audience. Does Tom Bradley have a mustache? And if so, how big is it? <laughs> we should have a contest. Draw draw Sheriff Bradley's facial hair. Oh, speaking of speaking of drawing, did you guys see the new um, uh, picture posted on the website? On the, the I saw program? I saw that it was I coming. I didn't I didn't see it. No, no, no it's it's it's, there. It, it's up. It, it's, it's up, and oh, it's really? the kiss. What which kiss is that? What is that from? I was trying to figure that uh, out. I can't. To be honest with you, I I know it's Crow, and I think it's Sparrow, but I'm not. I positive. think so too. And what's interesting is that in that picture, Crow, I swear to God, is Neil Gaiman. <laughs> that's what i was saying i don't see it <laughs> it's it's on the forum it, it's really yeah. it's really interesting uh, it's a great picture i loved it i was looking at it it's, earlier yeah today. it's a really good picture Th- this uh, just for for those of you listening uh uh you know i mentioned this in the last postmortem but we do have a forum and uh if you go to wormwoodshow.com and click on the forum tab there's a link below to enter the forum um in the forum there's a wormwood art page and a new listener who had actually just posted in the in the main forum saying that they had had started wormwood two weeks ago and had burned through all the episodes in 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 the course of like five working five work days five Um, days yeah that's insane that's insane i can't imagine what that does to your psyche anyway (laughs) love this love the show and 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 then added uh their own artwork uh to the wormwood art uh page and it's 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 called the kiss and it shows and it's from it looks like crow giving a kiss on the forehead to sparrow and it looks like they're in a car, but I'm not sure what scene that's from. Oh, but, that's from the that's from 23. Um, he kisses her forehead in the car. Oh, uh, in the car. Yes, yes, it's in a um, car. That's right. What I can't, is that I can't see hand? the picture though. <laughs> well, you're gonna have what? to look at it later, but it's great. It, it's totally a, a crow as as Neil Gaiman, and I love that. That's I can't awesome. find it. I don't see it on the forum. Really, it's Wormwood Art. Yeah, that's from. I'm there you're now. The I, I'm looking oh. at it right now. What is this wrong? is from uh, it says work in progress dot dot dot. 
Yeah, but right underneath it. I mean, there should be a link. At no, least. Well, I, I looked is... at. I checked it in Explorer and in Firefox. I don't see it. I, I'm uh... sure this is riveting audio for everyone else. How <laughs> does this computer thing work? I don't. I don't. It's, it's, I, I, uh, okay. I'll try, if not, you know, somebody can send it to me. I want to move on to Bohemian Roxy's, uh, uh, also from the forum. She uh, had a few questions. Um, the questions here, uh, the first one is, what realm do Crow and Sparrow now exist in? Jeremy, do you want to touch on that one? Hmm. Uh, they're alive now. Um, <laughs> yeah, it may, it may <laughs> not have been clear. Up, I didn't know no, if you wanted uh, to leave that vague or not, but uh, until they actually no, 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 meet up uh, with other people. but No, and... Um, and um, uh, episode three of Portraits, uh, Brezier brings both of them back to life uh, by basically exercising the remnants of the, the hill demon that entered their bloodstream when they were killed up on the frozen road in Canada somewhere. Um, so Sparrow's alive. She's she's in good shape. Uh, Crow's alive, not in the best of shape. Um, because Brezier's, of course, got some more business to, to um, at hand with Crow. Uh, but they're back um, They're back in the real world again. So just a matter of what's happening with them for the next six months as we um, bridge portraits with revelations. So okay. um, they're good. The next, the next question is, where did Rachel go? Um, I'll answer that one and just say the last time we saw Rachel was at the end of season two where she was in, appeared to be in Harmony Barrister's body. And that will all be answered in Wormwood Revelation. Uh, next answer is, are we going to find out what happened to everyone else that survived? The answer to that no, is Wormwood so. Revelation. <laughs> and <laughs> is Jonesy the only answer because he somehow seems an unreliable source and solution? Although I like that Jacob was only a carrier. Well, oh. is Jonesy the only answer? Oh. Um, again, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do this to all your questions, Bohemian Roxy, but the answer is Wormwood Revelation. <laughs> Next, Bohemian Roxy asks, who the devil is Arthur Russell? And the that, devil. I answer, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. Did we have – okay, then Wordweaver, who has done some awesome posts in our forum. Wordweaver comes in and asks a few questions. Um, what lessons have you learned regarding audio entertainment and storytelling since you first started producing Wormwood? What sage advice do you have for the aspiring potomancer? I think we kind of answer a lot of that in the way we talk about the show and our faults and what we're trying to change and what we, what we, uh, uh, you know, have increased. I don't know. Jeremy, do you have any podcasting advice? Uh, hold on a second. I'm sorry. Come back to me. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Here's, here's my, I, I, here's I have, my advice. I have... Don't go to Jeremy. Um, when you need Especially a question answer. <laughs> no. Sorry. I, uh, if you're, I, I have writing advice. If, if you would go through that. Absolutely, um, go for it. I think that's incredible. I would, I, I would say, if you're going to write with a partner or with a group, make it a group that you get along with. <laughs> <laughs> and as and as and as weak as that sounds, some of the best some of the best stuff that we've ever come up with have been through our writer meetings, where um, uh, we all of our faces ache because we're smiling and laughing so much throughout the writers' meeting. Um, I, yeah, I, I had, that is absolutely true. I love collaboration, um, and I, some of my best stuff comes when I'm, you know, just knocking around ideas with you guys. And uh, it absolutely it comes down to people that you respect their writing and uh, people that you get along with. You know, I think also I would add to that that it does help that you have to have a showrunner if you're going to have a writers' meeting because sometimes somebody's going to have to make some tough decisions. You know, because right. you can you can come to loggerheads and you know eventually someone has to break that and and decide this is what we're going to do for better or worse. It's just that somebody's got to be in charge. You know, um, yeah, absolutely. I, I would add um, learn. <laughs> Learn uh, your audio uh, editing skills. Um, you know, that's something that that's something that Jeremy and I have learned over time. Um, you know, that's something I, I would also say. Uh, uh, try and keep the t- a timely schedule as best you can. That's something that's really kind of kicked us in the ass sometimes. Which is, you know, this is a this is a second job for us, and so it's something where we really try to get in. But they're very intensive edits. Uh, you know, there's a lot of there's finding or making the sound effects, and then layering them all in, and then making the make sure the audio all works, and you know, editing things together. Sometimes if you have remote recordings um i really do recommend if you can get an organic group together you know all sitting at the same table recording at the same time i i feel like the performances are stellar there now we have had some people record remotely since we started but and, and i feel better about that because we know 
they know their act they know their characters and so they don't need to be playing off of someone else but some of the best interaction really comes when you've got the two people there in the room together and they're playing off oh, it, each other's emotional states and everything it's always better that way i mean back mm-hmm. to back to the casting for for advice just make sure you cast you know the right person for the right part um you know with with with, with podcasts with, with indie filmmaking and things like that it's acting you know good acting is 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 really everything for the for these kind of projects um they're they're the voice of the project so take the time cast it properly and and then find the actors that you can trust with the parts find actors that actually appreciate the parts and, and enjoy the characters so they can really make and, it their own you know and also trust your writing trust trust the writing that you've done and make certain that it's you know the best that you can make it because i mean uh, good acting will take you so far, but but good writing will make the actors even better. Yeah, I mean, always try to everything you write should try to you should try, try to make it the best thing you've ever done. Yeah. Um, uh, Tiffany. Oh, also, hey, thanks for the picture. Tiffany would also like to add: don't give yourself limits. Know what you want to do, and then find a way to do it. Uh, don't say I'm in audio, so therefore I can't do this. <clears throat> and about actors, she also says find actors that are reliable. Don't forget that our actors have been really awesome. You know, now some of the actors have had to drop out due to various personal or uh, conflicts and things like that. That's natural. I mean, we've been doing this for three years or so, and uh, you know, we, we've had to replace some of the actors since then. But I think we've always had a great, great luck finding really good actors. I mean, it does help that we're in LA. I'll admit that it's right a, now. <laughs> it's a pretty. It is a pretty huge commitment from an actor, you know, from anybody really. Yeah. yeah, three years is a long time to work on a project, and even though we don't do it that much, I mean, it's only every couple of months we have to get all the actors together. Still, that's three years. That's pretty great that people have stuck with it for that long. Yeah, yeah. And they, yeah, really, and do I, they, I, I, they really do it because they seem to really enjoy what we're giving them to do. So They, you know. they like working with each other. They, they like coming in and working with the scripts. Everybody has a really good time when we come together to do these recording sessions. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let me move on to the, with the questions. Um, he, Word Weaver also says, we've had a Peter Lorre <laughs> voice, a Mr. Gutman voice, and a Sean Connery voice. Are there any other iconic voice illusions you'd like to have in the mix? Uh, Vincent Price comes to mind. That's, that's we did the Vincent Price. Did we do a Vincent um, Price? Phineas? Phineas Tippert based uh, his voice off of uh, Vincent Price. It did sound a bit like, yeah. Um, I would say, and uh, Jeremy, you may have a different, different answer, or you guys may have a different answer, but um, but um, Patrick Swayze? No, I'm, I'm – no. <laughs> <laughs> you want um, me to say it, don't you, Dave? You no. want me to say it, don't you? Um, <laughs> How did you know I was going there? No, that's an inside joke and has no no part in this in this podcast. No, I w- I will say that I generally do not think of famous voices when I when I've done the different actors uh, or done the different written the different parts when we first came up with them. Almost you know, always, we, we almost always, it. the voice has come from the actor. The actor saying, "Hey, how about I do a Cindy Lauper here? Hey, how about if this sounds like Peter Lorre? Hey, if, you know, like uh, the, Jeremy, you may have given some direction more than that, but I know for me, um, I've never given a. I want it to sound like so and so. You know, I'll, I'll we did it back in season one a little bit, um, where we kind of had we kind of had a couple of different um, vocal styles in mind when we were doing the casting, but since then. But, I don't think we've really done that much at all. No, um, I, I know yeah. we talked about a few different voices for like Bradley, a few different types. You know, I mean, Kurt Russell came up a few times. Um, like, That's true. You know, you're right. You're right. Uh, yeah, I forgot. Owen about Wilson that. came up a lot, but Owen but since then, I don't one, remember that he for 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 Minnow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're right. You're right. Oh wow! Um, <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that, that would have really changed how I wrote Menno. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, it, it was strange. Because um, we we had somebody that came in and did that, and <laughs> bizarre. But um, since I mean, wow. since then, I don't I don't think we've done it much. I mean, maybe it's a reference point, you know, here and there. Yeah. But it's we don't ever really say you know do, or we don't really ever say you know do this person. I don't. Uh, certainly, I mean, certainly not I at this point. It, it'll be more like a type, like they have to sound authoritative yet world-weary or whatever it is. You know, it'll be more description, you know, sarcastic, but blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and if we do come up with a, a, an actor, maybe it's more of a suggestion, but a lot of the times the suggestions have come right from the actors. Like, can yeah. I do it this way? I was thinking about doing it this way and we just let him run with it. So, you know, I, I think that's, uh, I think for the most part, we've let the actors come up. If they have an illusion, it comes from them, at least recently. Um, yeah. Yeah, to be I don't know about any of the other writers, but when I write for a specific character, I don't have if I'm bringing in a new character, I don't have a specific voice in mind for that character. 
I've never actually said, well, he should sound like Obi-Wan Kenobi from episode three. It's just, I've never, I've never, I've never thought about it in those terms. Well, there's your answer, Word Weaver. Uh, (laughs) His next question is, how did the NaNoWriMo madness go for you folks this year? Details. Uh, So NaNoWriMo is the National Novel Writing Month. And as Word Weaver knows, um, I took part in that challenge. Uh, I did start on November 1st, and I hit about 51,000 words by the deadline. I have a novel that is a Xander Crow novel set prior to... Prior to Wormwood, prior to um, uh, Amanda Marino, but after – it's actually it, – it, there's two timelines in it, and, and it's set uh, both during and after uh, Samantha Holloway. So that one is sort of an L.A. noir. It's sort of uh, Raymond Chandler writes The Exorcist uh, is the way I describe it, and it's a very different era of Crow. But I hope to – do something with that very soon and, and and more details on that as it comes along um i know that rob you also took part in NaNoWriMo you you, you started a bit later and i uh, started uh the fifth of the sixth and then i got bogged down uh during the final week and didn't hit my mark but i did get up to about thirty-two thousand words and what was the subject of your novel and my subject is um uh, it's actually um um it's a, a snsa thriller uh, supernatural thriller that has Chippendale and McQueen and Wojtek and a few other surprises in there, um, like Crow and Sparrow. Just had to throw that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it takes place uh, prior to Warmwood. And um, uh, I don't know if it actually takes place before Holloway or not. Or no, it, it does take place before Holloway. I don't know if it takes place before Marino or not. Haven't really figured that far. Oh that no, much no, about. it would take place after a Holloway because Holloway is. Yeah, like, no, it, yeah, it would take place okay. after Holloway, okay. but not, not. I don't know about Marino. Okay. So um, yeah, so so there you go. That's too. Jeremy is, has been working actually on a film script, so I don't know if you did that during that month or. Uh, you know, you I I had signed I had, I had signed up uh, to do the whole um, um, novel bit, but I had this I had this uh, script idea that I wanted to work on and. So I I didn't write a word for the novel, but I've been kind of playing with the script. I want to do um, um I want to do a, a feature length um, indie horror flick sometime soon. Um, so I've been I've been kind of toiling away on that for the past couple months. Uh, hopefully, um, hopefully I should have a script done within I don't know by March. That's kind of my loose deadline. Um, yeah, and I'd like to see if we can get something made. Maybe um something um before cameras by the end of the year, maybe the start of next year, something like that. But I definitely want to do a um, feature-length um, horror flick. Uh, and it was really hard, really hard not to um, not to write it uh, in, in the Wormwood universe. Uh, I'd love to do something like that, but for this, probably not. So, yeah. One, one of the drawbacks, especially with you guys working on on, on Wormwood novels, the same time I kind of started this was I started writing the, this character that was basically basically crow with a different name and it's really hard to shake that voice um, we, we've been living with yeah. crow for so long in our lives that it's really hard it's, not to you know for him not it, yeah to jump into a it's story. such a it's such a fun voice to write with with these with these rants and this attitude that it's i mean you want to do it because it's good stuff and, and it's a great meaty sound but yeah not for this so um yeah. <laughs> more details on that later but uh yeah the plan is hopefully to try to get something feature made or feature length made soon. Yeah, I'm actually hoping to have my novel story written by finished at least by fall of this year. I've been personal things I've been I've been slowing down on my writing lately, so well, plus we have to get some Wormwood Revelation written soon, so uh, you know there's some work oh, we got to do there. Oh yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let, let's move on. Um, Word Weaver has one more question. It is: If you were a sentient virus, what would your symptoms be? Oh, uh, <laughs> I know mine. <laughs> mine mine um, would probably be a general sense of malaise and intermittent cravings for chocolate and peanut butter. Um, I don't know. Uh, uh, t- Tiffany says that she'd kill her victims in 24 hours. She doesn't mess around. That's how she rolls. I would, I would, I'd go gastric, and I'd want the person to want to lay backwards on the side of their bed, you know, head down on the floor, you know, <laughs> uncomfortable. You're an odd fellow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, I think that, that would mess up your day. By the way, I think it would. I, I think mine would be sarcastic remarks at seemingly innocuous statements. <laughs> 
<laughs> sort of a sort of a viral Tourette syndrome syndrome. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, okay, so those are those are our forum questions. Let's keep going. Let's move on to the Facebook questions. Um, we do have a Facebook page. If you have not joined us as a fan on Facebook, come on. What are you waiting for? I know you're on Facebook. Everyone's on Facebook, right? Uh, God, Facebook. My parents are on Facebook. Okay, if our, you're not on Facebook, there's something. I hope right your parents you? are fans. Are your parents fans of Wormwood? Oh, I, are I, they? I mean, on the site here. <laughs> I I believe I know my dad's listened to uh, to a few episodes, and he's actually listened to. Um, but everyone uh, knows that it's all about Facebook fans. Yeah. <laughs> no. Anyway, so facebook.com slash wormwood show, and you'll see. Hey, who's with Coco? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we've got a bunch. Of, we we asked we we posed the uh, the question there and asked people to to you know add their questions to the list, and we would read them. So we do have some questions from Facebook. So thank you all for. Uh, for sending them. Um, first, John Schultz says, asks, has there been any big changes in the production process while releasing smaller groups of episodes that would make you want to avoid or repeat this process in future storytelling? Um, so we said releasing smaller groups of episodes, I guess maybe meaning that we broke down um, season three into three volumes, I'm guessing from that. Um, because John, just so you know, we we have done the production process basically the same from the beginning, which is we record eight episodes at a time. Um, so the only change is that instead of recording eight episodes for the Five Fingers of Glory, we did five audio stories, and those were edited a bit differently and everything like that. But Portraits was eight episodes, and Revelation will be eight episodes. So we produced them the same way. Um, we didn't really change anything in the production process. The writing process obviously changed a bit, um, you know, just because we were writing these done in one story. So there was a there was really a focus on, on on getting your story told in a meaningful way, not relying on a cliffhanger, but getting it done in that singular episode. Um, nothing that I would want to avoid. Um, um, I don't know. Do you guys have anything that you'd want to avoid from that process? The other writers. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I will I will say that. There's one thing. It's not the other writers, but the fact that we had this background continuity, we did actually have to have a follow-up discussion about what's happening again during these portraits to kind of keep in mind of what's going on in Wormwood during that time because we had a loose idea, but we, we failed to flesh it out um, uh, uh, in, in detail, and then we realized as we were writing it, oh, hey, I need to know what's going on right here right now. And so that, that took a little extra work. Um, so I'd probably, you know, flesh that out a bit bit more up front. Um, anybody else have anything? Um, you know, I'm, I, I'm just seeing that picture now that, that you sent me, Rob. Uh, <laughs> oh. the, 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 the crow and sparrow okay. in the car. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're gonna I'm we're sorry. gonna edit that part back and 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 put it back into the, the, the earlier into the podcast. We're, yeah, we're gonna play, uh, place Jeremy back where he belongs. <laughs> yeah, twenty I, minutes I, ago. I, yeah. <laughs> uh, just to follow up on what on what Dave says, I think um, I, I'm kind of of two minds. I I would have preferred to have more of the mythology in place when we start when we started season two and season three, but I also think that if we had more of the mythology in place, I don't think we would have had the the story that we have now so well and, yeah, and, and to be clear take that for what it is <laughs> to be clear on that we we've always had a blueprint of everything but there's certain elements within that that we never necessarily fleshed out and especially in season two there was a point where um there was a point where we wanted to give everyone Season one was more like chapters in a novel is, is, is how I liken it. Um, season two, we were trying to do more like television episodes where I, I was encouraging the writers to actually complete their storyline in one episode or if they had to break it up over two or three episodes. I know Jeremy had a certain a theme that he was running in, and we would come back to it and he had maybe a three-parter or two-parter mm-hmm. in there. Uh, but we were really trying to focus still on kind of te- episodic storytelling um, but it was still more integrated into a serialized medium, not like the por- not as much like the portraits. So in that, we we knew the larger scope of where things had to end up. But a lot of times, people's plots would inter- interfere with each other, and so that's kind of what what Rob is is speaking to is that like we had to really lay down like wait a minute, wait a minute, you use so and so in this episode, so they're not over here now, or where does yeah. that come from? We didn't have all that locked into place. We knew where season two would begin and end. Um, but we don't know it all, and and Tiffany actually adds to that. Our, our, our she says it like this. Yep. Um, our lack of knowledge has given us a spontaneity that has really added. 
I'm glad the voice is back. That's good. To the max. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. <laughs> so yeah. Um, and if any and if and anybody out there is wondering what a, a typical writers meeting for Wormwood is like, <laughs> you are listening to it right now. <laughs> well, well, and actually, this is very accurate because Tiffany would be asleep right now. So, um... <laughs> oh, you didn't. <laughs> and she can't even defend herself. <laughs> Yes, Tiffany fell asleep one time in a writer's meeting, people. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't the fact it was that it was once. one it was time. <laughs> it wasn't the fact that it was one time in the writer's meeting. It was her first writer's meeting. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I'm getting, oh boy, I'm getting a bunch of instant messages from Tiffany right now. Hey, I've only slept once. It was just once. <laughs> and and listeners, we have we have never, never let that go. Oh, never. Once. And we never will. <laughs> I no, I don't think we ever will. <laughs> you're, you're getting a real insight into our writers' meetings right now beyond anything you ever could have expected. So I hope yeah. you're enjoying this, folks. Um, let's move on. Uh, Kedrick Matthew Furniture. I'm not sure if that's a furniture store or the actual name. Um, but Kedrick Matthew <laughs> Furniture. Come on down to Kedrick Matthew Furniture. <laughs> Firestone exit Southgate. <laughs> Do you think that you will return to the medium of audio theater after Wormwood Revelation is completed? Rob, <laughs> you want to talk about that one? Yeah, um, I think we are. We have talked about um, uh, uh, doing a, um, a a a thriller, not not like Michael Jackson thriller podcast, but um, um, doing a supernatural thriller podcast. Um, later on in the year or early next year. Um, so we are we're we're fleshing that out. It's going to be smaller in scope and size than Wormwood, and probably wouldn't go further than one season. But yeah, we're 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 thinking about going uh, uh going more with uh, the SNSA and rather than the town of Wormwood in this. But but yeah, we this is, are... This is one idea. We, we fielded different ideas, and uh, T- Tiffany does add that she wants to, and she thinks we should create a new series. Um, Rob and I have discussed the idea of taking his NS- SNSA uh, idea and, and creating a, a sort of a taut thriller, and uh, l- let's actually put this one to the audience. Um, would you find it satisfying if we did a, let's say, a 12-part series where each episode was 10 minutes long, and it was just lean, mean cliffhanger every time, and it came out regularly once a week. Uh, you know, you had ten minutes every week, or, or maybe ten minutes twice a week. I don't know what it would be. Um, would that be satisfying, or do you need a, a larger chunk? Do you like thirty-minute storytelling? Um, if we were to do a six-part uh, storyline with 30, 30 minutes a piece, you know, would that be more satisfying? Um, you know, this is something we're playing with. It's 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 very. It's just an idea that we've got right now, and um, you know, we we also do not rule out more adventures in the Wormwood universe. It's something that's been discussed. It, it, it may be, there may be some audio theater. There's obviously a novel component that we're talking about as well. Um, but yeah, definitely it's something that we talk about. And this definitely closes the book on the story that we started in season one, episode one. But that doesn't mean that we're necessarily done with that universe. Um, and then in terms of audio theater, it doesn't necessarily mean we're done with audio either. We, we, we definitely have a lot of fun uh, with audio, and I could see us doing some more. Um, okay, so we already answered Pam's question, and I destroyed her last name. And again, Pam Falcioni, I'm sorry about that. Um, Rosanna Morris uh, writes in and sa- asks, This may seem like the craziest question ever, but in listening back to some of the episodes, I think I'm seeing some crazy parallels to religion. 2,000 years, the object, the chosen ones. Okay, I know I'm crazy, so that's not the question, but is there anything to that? That is her question. <laughs> um, Tiffany just says yes. <laughs> I'm not going to say we uh, is that, that that you know that's a tough one to answer because I don't think we've actively tried to mimic religion. No, but, but we are, we have we a are lot drawing of, upon it. We're we're yeah, drawing we, upon it and we have a specific mythology in mind. And yeah, and it, and it, and when you do a supernatural type of show, it's hard not to get into established religion um such as the case with sister george and bishop grail mm-hmm. uh, i think that if you have some sort of hell-based creature you need 
and and this is my own opinion. I I don't know if the, I'm not going to speak for any of the other writers, but I think that if you have some sort of hell based uh, uh, bad guy, then you need some sort of tough, you need maybe some sort of heaven based good guy to offset it. Well, yes. Yeah, speaking to that, I mean, if you're once you say that hell is real, you're basically saying we're using a Judeo-Christian mythology. Whether we use other mythologies, I, we've kind of morphed some others in, but um, the overarching—I mean, we can't obviously tell you too much because we still have uh, a way to go with the story. But um, but we, you know, we definitely have a specific thing that we're using, and um, you know, all I can say is that the last uh, last volume of Wormwood is entitled Wormwood Revelation, and that's not an accident. So, right. you know, are there parallels? Absolutely. Well, well, parallels, or are we just drawing on, uh, you know, sort I, of iconic I, references? And, you know, I think we have unintentional parallels. Absolutely, I, I think it, yeah. it crops up in any kind of uh, you know mythic yeah. storytelling like that. And in fact, one of our one of our first writers' meetings was was a, a huge discussion we had with six of us, I think, at the time, on how much religion we wanted to throw in and if we wanted to follow. Any type of uh, the uh, Judeo-Christian religion, or if we wanted to go stay strictly away from that. Yeah, I think with any show like that, you have to have that discussion. We definitely had that early on. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Um, Rosanna also asked another question. Uh, we kind of answered this already. Is Wormwood going to survive in any other facet or incarnation beyond this season? And if not, will you continue with another audio production? I hope so. So... Wormwood, well, definitely there's the novel component. There's some other things we're looking at. We'd love to do different things with Wormwood. Um, yes. And, and so that's something that we will continue to, to work on. Um, and the yeah, other I don't audio... want to say much about this yet, but you know, there, there are a couple of, um, couple of options still for uh, expanding Wormwood um, online in different formats. Uh, you know, we'd love to get it on TV in, in some format. So yeah. th- there's still a couple of things that um, – just don't really want to say much about, but things that we've definitely talked about um, mm-hmm. in one form or yeah. another. Uh, so, I mean, it once we're done with the show and we're able to to collect it all together, um, some good things could happen with it. So, yeah, I know most of us have story ideas that happen after Revelation ends. I've got a few that I'm act I'm actually actively researching right now. So, I think that even if it doesn't happen in an audio sense. It could happen in short stories, another novel. Um, like we said, Dave and I are working on uh, – I hate the term prequel, but we're working on prequel stories to uh, the first season of Wormwood. And I think I, I think we're going to – we're not going to get done playing with the Wormwood universe for a long time. So I think everybody should just you know take a deep breath. We've got this. <laughs> yeah, I think if nothing else, what you can see is that we built up a whole universe, and it's something that we have a lot of fun with. Um, and, and I don't think anybody's ready to drop out of that anytime soon. But you know, that's not to say, um, uh, you know, as Rob said, we have you know these other audio ideas, and we have other Wormwood uh, universe ideas for different things. And there's a lot of potential here. So I, I suspect you'll hear from us before too long, but uh, I can't say anything concrete yet. You know. And I can't say in what form or what, but, you know, we'll, we'll definitely be around. Um, okay, Meredith Filak. Filak? Filak? <laughs> I'm sorry, Mer- I'm sorry for all of you butchering your name. Filak. Next time, um, leave you the pronunciation of your name in your comment as well. That will help. <laughs> it's, it's actually more fun just to let us butcher your name. So well, that's true. either way. <laughs> if you don't mind being a guinea pig, then we, we do yes. get some laughs out of this. Um, was there a particular inspiration for Peter Dirksen's Jimmy Details voice? My boyfriend commented that he sounds a oh. lot like Sebastian Bach from Skid Row. Bet all. Um, uh, I, I did put that question to Peter uh, earlier today. I did not get an answer in time for this podcast. Do you remember, Jeremy, when we auditioned him? He came in with that voice, and I don't know if we... Uh, uh, I don't know. A, a lot of Peter comes across like Jimmy Details, you know, and, and I mean, his voice is kind of... That that is his voice, really. Um, uh, he, he still owns the part. I, I don't know what he's like outside of being sort of reminiscent of Jimmy Details. You know, he he did not tell us he had an influence, or, or we don't know of one. So we he came in, and that was his audition voice That's, for Jimmy, and uh, and you know, we thought it was awesome, <laughs> and we went with it. So I I have to say one thing about Peter. Um, he has a website called I Hate Peter. <laughs> <laughs> That, that is, is a great website. That is, is fan- 
go go to the I hate you, Peter. Yeah. Um, or is it I hate Peter? I think it's called I hate you, Peter. I think it's I hate you, Peter dot com. Yeah, I believe that's it. It's really, really good. Stuff. Yes, I hate you, Peter. Have you ever desperately wanted to tell someone off but couldn't find the words at the time? Or there's someone you just can't stand but you've never had the opportunity to tell that person why to his or her face? Well, now's your chance. Tell Peter off. Tell him what you really think. Tell him exactly what you want to say to that other person. It's time for you to have some closure. <laughs> Great website. So everyone check that out. Yes. Um, Meredith let's, also Let's asks, try to crash it. <laughs> <laughs> crash the site. No. Uh, Meredith also asks, was there one character in particular that you were looking forward to writing more about? Jimmy gets all the fan love, so I was wondering if the writers had a particular favorite as well. Um, well, I, I can, I'm going to tell one little behind-the-scenes story. Uh, Wayne Drexel was supposed to die. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't, I wouldn't let them kill him because I was having too much fun writing Wayne. Wayne became one of my favorite characters to write. And early on in season one, there was a prophet. Uh, um, Dexter tells Wayne that he's going to die. And uh, I, I wanted to stick with that because I wanted uh, Dexter's message to be prophetic. And then, uh, and then we got to the point, and I'm like, I can't. I'm not ready to write him off. And so I'm like, Rob, can we kill Dale instead? Yes, yes. Dale had to die so Dave's love for Wayne could live. <laughs> Tell me you didn't love Wayne too. But actually, oh, I love Wayne. I love writing Wayne. And it Wayne worked is- out. It worked out because it gave Chip a whole new angle. I mean, it really actually helped us with the story overall. You know, yeah. even though I love me some Dale, um, you know, it, we definitely Dale was fun, but but yeah. but he. Uh, he was getting hard to write for by the end due to my short-sightedness and personality traits. <laughs> um, so. uh, Jeremy, was there anybody that you look forward to writing more about? Um, you know what? Um, there's, there's a few in Revelations, um, one in particular that I'm going to start off with um, in the next batch. I uh, don't want to say who it is, but looking forward to getting back to that person. I think you guys know who it is. Um, my big thing, honestly, was was Brezia. I've been wanting to get to that for so long now. I kind of peaked with that in, in these batches here. So um, I'm kind of at a clean slate, ready to just kind of start again. But I'm really looking forward to this next person. Okay. And to, <laughs> you know, you know who vague, it is. Very vague. Yeah. Well, I, I can't. I can't say who it is. It's somebody who, who's been around from the beginning. But yeah. We haven't touched upon in quite some time. That's right. It's Mob Goon number one. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he had something. You know? I, he had an it factor. It, it worked. There, the, the, there was a certain sadness, but, you know. I feel a little bad for Mob Goon number two, you know. I don't know. Well, I, I didn't no. think he got a fair shot. He didn't have that it factor. <laughs> you, you, it's Hollywood. You got to have either it. Either you have it or you don't, you know. Yeah, like, and he didn't have it. Um, he got offed. <laughs> Tiff- <laughs> Tiffany adds to the conversation via instant message by saying – by Do the voice that she that she loves Peter. Or I'm sorry, Jimmy Crow and Sparrow. Uh, considering she always writes Jimmy, he's my favorite. He and I are like so totally connected. We are mentally similar. That time I didn't even add the totally. She added the like and the totally. Um, his go. brilliant ways of getting into things, Pizza Boy, etc. Totally crap. I would either attempt to do. It's totally crap. I would either attempt to do, or it would at least cross my mind before I scrapped it. If I had to break into a mob hideout, at least I haven't had the opportunity to, to do that yet. <laughs> there you go, right from Tiffany. Um, okay, uh, yeah, um, I, I don't, I don't know if I have any that that I was looking forward to writing more about. I, I was looking forward to Jimmy's story at the time and Jonesy's. Um, I always love writing Crow. There, is there somebody that's missing? Um, there's um, one person we killed that I wish we hadn't killed, but I know why we had to kill him, and I think he would have been so much fun to have to play with, and that's Harlan. Oh, Harlan Panic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. From season one, because we had we had just scratched the surface on him. <laughs> yeah, there's you know probably... who's come up. I'm sorry, go ahead. Quite a bit that the person that's come up quite a bit who's only in really two episodes and not even in those episodes that much is um, uh, Steve Haskell, the bar owner. Seems mm-hmm. to come up a lot. People seem to like the character, and we really didn't do much with with the guy before we ripped him apart. But he <laughs> yeah, you know, fun. Well, we, and, we had a big thing planned for him, didn't we? I think so. Because I mean, cause, we I mean gonna... he 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 had the tattoo. He had um, he was the he um... he was gonna have a big chunk, and then we used him as money yeah. man fodder. Well, what happened was yeah. we got into it and realized that we needed um, you know. Well, I don't want to get too into the behind the scenes c- 
construction of season one, but I, I definitely remember a point where I was like, you know, this is a murder mystery. We need to start having the bodies pile up. I mean, this has to be yeah. something where you don't know what's coming and what's going to happen, and so we have to start killing people, and he was the first one to go, and it actually worked out well in the plot um, uh, because Lamora became a great character. Uh, you know, and I felt bad about killing her, too. I think that might have been a little too sudden. Yeah, but t- yeah I thought... I, I think too. we should have kept her around a little bit longer because I think she was huh? so much fun pro, you know, with, yeah. with with that that thing in her thigh, you know, it was just it was it was fun to write that we, stuff. We did take some odd turns. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so let's see. Uh also one nitpicky oblivious continuity question. I thought Hank Mason picked up the hand of glory at the end of season two, yet Jimmy Details had it in portraits. Did I miss did one of them get a hold of the second hand or did I miss something? So um, go back and <laughs> that vague answer that I just gave a minute ago could kind of work with this. Uh, ooh, tease. Okay, so so it is mentioned in Jimmy's episode in The Minstrel's Tale. It is mentioned that it was lying on the ground after. If you recall, the last thing that happened was Hank and Jacob went to battle over the object, and it, it canceled the, the hand, and Jacob kind of exploded on each other, and then Jacob woke up. Hank was still unconscious at that time. What Jim, Jimmy references in The Minstrel's Tale is that he found the hand lying uh, next to Hank Mason, separated from him again, and he picked it up and ran off with it. So that is, so he had the same hand. that He has Crow's hand. But it's interesting that you mentioned the second hand, and that's something that you're going to have to wait for Wormwood Revelation. Um, okay, then Roderick, <laughs> Roderick Faulkner uh, asks our last question. He says, I'm just curious. So far, vampires, ghosts, demons, and werewolves are involved in the supernatural politics of Wormwood. Any plans to introduce agents on the side of light? For example, angels. Uh, well, I... <laughs> I, I will. I will. I will ask this back to Roderick. How do you know we haven't already? Dun dun dun. dun. <laughs> and that's it. Have a good night, folks. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't. We had an interesting discussion about that earlier because it was, you know, how do you know we haven't already? For one, and you could you could almost consider some of the main characters who are fighting against the supernatural creatures agents of the light because they're fighting against the darkness so that's my explanation in a nutshell (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah no I think that's all we can really say about that is um, yes uh, we do have that mythology in place and that does involve everything and um, I don't want to say too much more about whether or not um, We've introduced it already or not. Uh, I'm going to leave that one hanging, and I think that's something you just got to wait till Wormwood Revelation. But you know that we are playing in that sandbox. So yes, and I know. will say for for my own point of view, I am always uh, I, I'm 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 personally fascinated by uh, the darkness and light dichotomies and how one one acts against the other. Yeah, you so. know, and it's something also, it's funny that when you mention it that way, it reminds me. That's something that Jeremy and I, we talked about early on, and I think, Jeremy, you can speak to this, but you really wanted to be careful that when you deal with the darkness and the light, the good and the evil, so in such clear absolutes, you really border on some cheesy kind of melodrama. And so we always wanted to be careful to keep it about the characters to be about the spooky things in the dark and to and, and while Wormwood Revelation does kind of blow it out into a apocalyptic finale you know it's something that we wanted to be careful that it wasn't like uh well you you can maybe explain that better than I can it's it's that supernatural light show finale that I've always tried to avoid you know where you know the clouds part and everything just just kind of glows and hums with goodness and everything is resolved I, I don't want to go that sort of special effects route you know especially because that doesn't I, work too well in audio it doesn't it doesn't oh, yeah. i mean it's 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 okay to kind of play with it and touch with it or <laughs> it's okay to kind of play with that sort of stuff it took and, you and, a while didn't it <laughs> a bit a bit um but i i wouldn't want to rely too much on some sort of you know i don't know it's just it's a it's a little cheesy when when it when it gets into you know that so i i much prefer kind of plain plain vague a little bit um 
I'm always a fan of kind of kind of laying enough down to where you know things can be interpreted different ways and and to bring too much of a, a, a good versus evil, light versus dark sort of you know finale to that would just go well, against. We, well, that and the fact that we've we've always dealt in shades of gray. Yeah, especially it's, with it's, Crow, it's, it's more fun. Yeah, it's you know I mean Crow and Sparrow are you couldn't say one way or the other whether or not they're agents for good or for evil. Yeah. Though, I mean, though clearly we also have agents. I mean, we have werewolves and vampires, and well, although our we have a vampire who's pretty much a good guy, um, you know. So I mean, we definitely have played with the characters uh, primarily first, you know. Although we yeah. have had you know werewolves come about when we needed sort of uh, you know a certain a certain um, army of you know it's, it's almost more of a plot device in a way. There's some interesting character stuff even within the werewolves, but um, but you know I think I think that became something of like we, we want to be able to play with all the supernatural toys, you know, throw them into that sandbox and um, and uh, you know that's yeah. kind of the real fun stuff. Um, was... And by the way, real vampires don't sparkle, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but all of this has made me think, guys, that I need to rewrite that finale where it's just five minutes of humming sounds. Mm. <laughs> And then everyone says, "Did hey, you forget wow. the angelic voices too?" <laughs> and then everyone just wakes up and says, "Oh wow! Well, it's all over now." I had the strangest dream that I shot Jr. last night. <laughs> Crows in the shower. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. <laughs> So those were our questions. Those were our listener questions. Thank all of you for asking your questions. I hope we answered them all and didn't butcher your names too too badly. Um, thank you all for listening to Wormwood Portraits. Um, I, you know, I, as, I think as you can see, we've all had a blast writing these, and we really we really have a great time with this. Um, hey, does anybody else have anything? Want to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be- before we sign off, let's speaking of we've had a blast writing these. Favorite moment all three seasons for you guys. Oh gosh! <laughs> Favorite moment? Oh, uh, Tiffany falling asleep. Gotta be. That's uh, can't get better than that. <laughs> <laughs> that that. Um, no, you mean you mean within the show or within our? Yeah, no, within within the show. What what is your absolute favorite thing about Warmwood? That that uh, be it be it hot pockets or. <laughs> Um, that's a tough question. Yeah, that's really tough. I'm not sure. I have so many favorite moments. I mean, I, I have ones where I'm very pleased with the way I wrote something. Um, one of my, I've said this before, but one of my favorites was the bedtime story episode in season two, where we really learn about Sparrow's origin through, you know, through an, a little unreliable narration. Um, I think that one of my favorites uh, of Rob's is. Uh, uh, <laughs> It is the, the the necromancy episode and the the heads <laughs> heads rolling around on the floor making out. That was a lot of fun. Uh, um, of Tiffany's uh, of Tiffany's, I definitely love uh, 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 Jimmy. The Vegas pizza trip. Boy. Oh, the Vegas trip. Yeah, but Jimmy's Vegas the pizza boy is is one of my absolute favorites. Um, uh, uh, Paul, I really enjoyed writing with Paul the uh, the episode called Jack Nicholson's Nose. I, I thought that was oh, really that was fun. A good one too. Yeah, in uh, Jeremy's episode twenty-three of season two, so bizarre, so out there, so different for what, everything that we had done in two seasons. I, I love that a lot. Um, you know, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to narrow down other ones, but it's really tough. I mean, I think it's a Jer- lot of really good moments. Um, Jeremiah has done some amazing um, things with Rachel and Jacob. I, I think yeah. just, those are his characters. And I'm sorry he can't be in this in this conversation tonight. But you know, honestly, Rachel and Jacob didn't get to play too much in the portraits, and then they have a big role coming up in revelation but but uh you know he really took those characters to heart and just some some of my favorite stuff is, is with them uh yeah, episode nine and, 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 and he like has that. defended them rather fiercely absolutely uh, absolutely that is that is amazing they, they uh, we're, we're telling everyone about the behind the scenes and the writers meetings and how silly we get but we also can get very vociferous in in sort of arguing back and forth not not in a bad way not in a mean way or angry way but just like i fir- we have writers that firmly believe you know, in in what they want, what they think is right, they have they back up their conviction all the way, and so yeah. and it's great to have. I mean, you want you want to be passionate about what you're working on, and you want to be able to to go in there and and fight for what you think is the right right approach. And, and honestly, it forces you to think about what you're if you're if you're on the opposite side, it really forces you to defend your your thinking on it. I, I think you get the best stuff out of that. You know, absolutely, it makes it makes much stronger much stronger fiction overall. You know, 
so we definitely have all of that um uh jeremy do you have a favorite or uh, there's man there's been a lot of really good stuff um um you know i'm really i, I really like the the finale of um season one also um how a finale for a big mystery like that it you know it seems like it's just it's just ready to be a lot down and so I thought that really played well that we able were able to answer so much that it felt satisfying um i, I like stuff like Jimmy details rescuing sparrow in in Los Angeles you know with with the moped um I oh, the moped's name. Oh, uh, the, Brunhilde, uh, right Brun, Brun, yeah Brunhilde. yeah <laughs> yeah stuff like that Fantastic. was just, I mean, incredibly funny um and season two had had a ton of stuff from, you know, the the, the werewolf episode caught me off guard. You know, we had we have a, a werewolf action episode in the middle of the season. Um, that was some fun stuff. Absolutely, that was a lot, a lot of, lot yeah. of fun stuff. I mean, I mean, every episode has has a pretty strong moment. And honestly, I mean, everybody's done really stellar stuff, really inventive stuff with a lot <laughs> of this. Yeah, yeah. I I, uh, I, I want to mention I did have a lot of fun writing Jonesy's episode. I, that one was a real fun. Um, uh, episode, just being able to just kind of tell some crazy stories and crazy mythology. Um, yeah. Also, See, I, I want to jump in and say that Tiffany's saying here that she thinks her favorite moment is still to come. Um, you know, for for an all time favorite, she wants to wait till the end of the series, and and she's really saying this is this is a great question for a post mortem when the entire series is done. And she's right, but you she, know, Rob, like, Rob posted now, and, and we can talk about we've already peaked, so right? Yeah, yeah, it's all downhill yes. from here, folks. It's all from here. <laughs> you know, you know I, don't bother I, listening to the rest of this. Okay, we're, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I like the episodes where it it changes things a little bit. Um, Rob's introduction of the SNSA changed the show, you know. Absolutely. Hello. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So cha- changed the show. Um, um, I-, I thought the first dream sequence in season one. I-, I know we discussed that for a while. If it was too much, if people would go for it, in a way, kind of changed the show. Um, you know, um, bringing in, you know, bringing in werewolves uh, or uh, European vampires at the end of season two changes the show. Yeah. yeah I mean, I-, I I like that kind of stuff where it shakes it up a little bit and, and adds a new layer to the show. Um. And we've had several of those Jonesy's episode changes the show. You know, yeah. it, it it just does. You know, it 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 adds adds something that I mean, we have an immortal, you know, or kind of you know, in the show. I mean, it was a Viking who 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 was there for all that. It it, it adds a different element, and yeah. everything's everything's slightly different. Well, and every I, on. I I think the one thing that I really like the most about all of our characters is that all of them seem to have distinct real personalities with personality quirks. Yeah. Like, and they don't always have to be likable in every moment. Yes. Like Wayne and his love of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like about Wayne so much is, and I hope we don't do it, but Irene is an off-screen character in an audio show. I, I think that's really cool. <laughs> Irene, yeah, exactly. I love that. That's such a great gag. I mean, that's you know, you know, that's I, I've always thought this, and I don't know if you guys, you know, have this point of reference, but I always uh, see Irene as Vera from uh, from Cheers. You remember Norm's wife in Cheers? Yes. You never ever saw her, but she was a pre- she became a presence over the course of that show. That's kind of how I see Irene. You know, we've kind of developed her. You know, we know a lot about her. I mean, yeah. we we know she likes him to wear a mask. You know, we know you know that that you know she you know she likes to shop for him with the the with the coffee and the thermos. So I think we know a little bit about their home life too, don't we? A little bit. A, we've a little bit. A little bit. We've yeah, done so. some odd things with Wayne too. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this is probably getting uh, getting pretty well off track at this point. <laughs> we're just talking yes. about all the little things that amuse us. I hope that this. Has I like been how we use words in the show. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Verbs. Verbs are cool. <laughs> Visual words and 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 sound effects. And you know what? Since we started recording the shows, they've been so much better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. That's There's the something music. about actually. You know what? The music. We haven't touched the on the music yet. The, the music's incredible. Todd. Um, Todd Hodges, yeah. Todd Hodges, uh, really really good friend of mine from, from the Bay Area, wrote the music, and it has been spot on and fantastic. That's a, better theme, that's a better theme, sorry, uh, you know, main theme piece than anything I can think of on TV. 
I mean, it's, it's a great piece of music. It is. It is. Absolutely. Todd did a great job. And we always get compliments on that. And we always get a question of when is that going to be released on CD. And we really need to have a discussion with Todd about that because I would love to do that for people. Um, and it's just one of those things where we have not gotten around to talking to Todd about it and arranging things and setting things up. But that's something that I'd love to do. Yeah. All right, folks. Um, so, so let's wrap this up. All right. You guys uh, are we good? Yeah, I think we're good. Yeah. We... All right. Okay. Well, thank thank and... you. Uh, I want to thank the listeners or everyone who stuck with us all through portraits and all through the previous seasons. I hope you really enjoyed it. And um, we are going to take a brief hiatus, uh, um, you know, as we as we ramp up for Revelation, and then we're going to try to bring that out in the best uh, you know timely manner we can. So um, yeah, I want to thank everybody for that. Tiffany also adds, uh, uh, thank you again for letting me participate despite technical difficulties. <laughs> um Eddie, you guys want to say any last words um go to the forum if you have any other questions anything um bugging you or you want to compliment the actors writers anybody else go to the forums we we i i try to check weekly um i will answer questions that don't that won't spoil it for the rest of the people so anything going backwards I, I consider fair game, and I'll just do my best to, to answer unless it will reveal something moving forward. As long as we put spoiler alerts on that. So. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, there, are, yeah, there yeah. are people, as we saw with our one person in the forum who just discovered the show two weeks ago. You know, yeah. I mean, there are people. That's one of the things I love about this is that there are people still discovering it this week. And, and they're going to start burning through all these episodes, and, and, and they're going to have no idea of how de- how big the delays were between some of the episodes. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, th- thank you to all the listeners from from us. Uh, you know, we hope you found this interesting and insightful. Um, and uh, let us know. Give us the feedback. We really thrive on that. And give us the feedback on these type of shows as well. Because do you want more postmortem discussions? We should certainly like to, you know, gab. That's obvious. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if there was a, a flood of new questions, I could probably get these guys back on the phone again and we could do another discussion like this. Um, oh, we love the sound of our voices. <laughs> so let us know. Let us know. Give us the feedback. And um, we will see you um, shortly for Wormwood Revelation. Well, that was fun. Hope you enjoyed our little writer's discussion chat. We got You got a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff about our show. We had a little fun. We enjoyed answering your listener questions. We hope you enjoyed the answers as much as we did supplying them. Uh, next up, as we said, is the actor's discussion show. So prepare your questions for that. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash wormwoodshow. Or you can leave messages for us on wormwoodshow.com. You can visit the forums by going to the forum tab on wormwoodshow.com. So ask some questions. We'll bring you more of these. And uh, next time maybe we'll do a little announcement about the forthcoming Wormwood Revelation series, which I know you're all looking forward to. But for now, I will bid you my farewell, and we'll see you back in town.